This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. Michelle, it's December. This is our 45th episode of the Unearthing Art Podcast. We started this year. And this is going to be our last episode of the year. We're going to take a little break over the holidays and come back fresh early in January. So it just seemed like a good time to look back a little bit, to contemplate how we feel at the end of the year of both our first year of podcasting, but also just at the end of a year generally as artists and as people. Yes. (laughs) How are you feeling? A bit of a mix, little little excitement because it's been a good year and then yet a little bit of a panic, but a little bit of no need to panic. So a lot of mixed feelings going on, to be honest. <laughs> so we just had a an, an opening for our Origin Art membership, which is now closed. So we have a lovely group of new artists joining the community we already have. And prior to that, you did the Artist Breakthrough blueprint yes which was a free event and I just bring that up because it was one of those learning experiences and I know it it meant a lot to you yeah yeah do you want to talk about that I think I mean the same thing is in our art I mean every time we do something new um, or we grow as a human I think there's always these learning curves and things that you want to do and I really wanted to put on that event and do it in a way that was super meaningful to the people who were in it, as well as myself. Like I wanted to say things that I hadn't found a way to say before um, that have been on my mind for quite some time. So it felt introspective to work on that project. Took a mm-hmm. lot a lot of me kind of, I don't know if growing up's the right word because I'm already grown up, but I feel like it was this real internal process of really letting a lot of stuff out of me that I've been meaning to say and help people with. And I just felt really excited about that. And then in the end, the experience of delivering that to people and the breakthroughs that they had for me was hugely rewarding because it was like it it did what I wanted it to do for people. And it also gave me a breakthrough in the process myself. So I just find that fascinating the way that life can kind of have this meta experience of, you know, while you're helping other people or, you know, working on something like you, you literally have your own breakthrough just by nature of pushing yourself a little bit more than you have before. Yeah. And I can see that and I felt it in what you did. And that's why I kind of surprised you there by asking you to talk (laughs) about it because I was watching the, the breakthrough blueprint happen live along with everyone else. And I was like, wow, this is feels like a whole deeper level of Michelle. I was, you know, messaging artists I know saying oh you got to listen to this and and by the way this this isn't a sales pitch because it's done and it's it's now in the membership so it's not something that uh, listeners can sign up for right now might happen again next year so we'll talk about it then but this is purely just from the point of view of what I could see and then what I know from talking to you it felt like a really powerful experience For all of us, for you and for us, the viewers, it felt like the material was at a deeper level. It wasn't the same as, you know, We and we talked about this last week and recently, it it, it felt a bit less mainstream. It wasn't just a sales pitch. It was a genuine 
sharing of something that could impact you and impact others. And then what I love about that is that then when I spoke with you privately after that, and when we've started talking just a little bit about where we see ourselves going next year, like with the podcast, with teaching, um, we're both feeling this pull towards something deeper. Like we want to reach more into that. Um, yeah. And we don't, we don't know how that's going to happen. We have no idea what that looks like. But I think what I realized is <clears throat> everything that I said and did, you know, over that breakthrough blueprint, like that period, mm. was really my honest self, you know, in, in, a, in a way that I always, I, I felt like sometimes I say things that might be like ripping off a Band-Aid. And, mm-hmm. and I always felt a little bit uncomfortable because I'm like a recovering people pleaser. And I don't like disappointing people or saying things, you know, it's like that tough love that you have to, I have to give to my kids. Sometimes they yeah. don't want to hear what I have to say. But I felt like um, for us, you know, as podcast hosts, the the way that we've always wanted to do it is, you know, really be our honest selves. And sometimes mm. that doesn't always feel comfortable for us to do for Mm -hmm. some reason. And yet what I found back, what I found super fascinating, and I have this big grin on my face is the more I'm myself, the more it works for everyone. And the more it works for the people who are around me, the more it works for me. And I'm like, huh, go figure being yourself just works better. It's just, (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's funny because it's not like I was not being myself. I've just revealed more of myself. Exactly. Exactly. And as you say, not only can it feel uncomfortable, but I think that revealing more of ourselves over time is a process. Like sometimes it's not about um, consciously choosing, oh, this feels uncomfortable, so I'm not going to do it. I feel like personally, sometimes you're not even sure what that something is that you Mm -hmm. want to reveal more of. It's like saying with the podcast, we want to go deeper, we want to reveal more we're not sure what that looks like, but we're kind of feeling that pull and, and trusting it. And then I think the same thing happens in so many aspects. And I love, we're talking, like right now we're talking about your teaching and an event that you did, but we could just as easily be talking about your art because mm-hmm. we said in the mm-hmm. last episode um, that we both believe that great art, impactful art reveals something of the artist, of the creator. And I think that goes equally what we're, in what we're talking about with this kind of really heartfelt business and teaching side of things. In all those aspects, we really feel like the more we can reveal of ourselves, understand of ourselves and have that integrated into what we're doing, mm-hmm. it yields rewards in terms of the level of what we're delivering for other people, whether that's art or teaching or, you know, however we want to impact the world. But also it it fuels those breakthroughs. I mean, it just I'm I'm just having a little it's very moment meta. because it's so yeah. <laughs> it is, it is. I was in the studio yesterday and I was working on some stuff and I was like, it's funny that there's parts of us that just don't I think it's almost like we don't have the capacity to show all sides because it, mm. it doesn't it's not like I mean if like imagine a crystal you know and there's all these sides to it and there's all these facets to it 
they they all kind of start showing. They don't show all at once. You kind of have to turn it yeah. and move mm-hmm. it. And so I feel like that is true in the studio for me as well, that the more I turn it, you know, the more I look at, okay, now I'm looking at this side, the more another side reveals itself. And then it's like this um, experience for me that I think, oh, this is how it's always supposed to be. <laughs> like, it's kind of this side that you're like, oh, yes, now I can let this side out. Isn't that such a weird experience? It's it's like you're discovering something for the first time, but in discovering it, you're like, oh, that was always there. I yes. just wasn't aware of it. Yeah, that's a very... Yeah. It's kind of thrilling. I kind of like that feeling. But I it's love not, it. It's, it's, it's not uh, one that you can just kind of click your fingers and say, okay, I'm ready for the next facet. Appear yeah. Now. Yeah, I know. If it were only that easy, <laughs> click, let's make it all happen. Yeah, it doesn't work that way, does it? It is a it is a revealing kind of process. And what I'm doing um, next, which is really exciting, I mean, the end of the year was really busy with the Breakthrough Blueprint, obviously, working with mm-hmm. artists. But I've also been working in the studio to start this new collection that will be in a solo exhibition for next year. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> there's been a lot of different things happening behind the scenes that don't appear on Instagram that I'm really excited mm-hmm. about. One of the things that I found um, this year, because again, I go into panic in December normally, like historically. Mm-hmm. I actually, let me rephrase it. I go into panic in November historically <laughs> because I get this little, these two teenagers in my house give me these countdowns of how many days until I need to do this for them and this for them. And it's just this panic of like, we got to do this and we got to do this. And all the, it just feels like the world just speeds up 10 times faster in those Mm -hmm. last few months. And this year I was like, all right, the teenagers are pushing the buttons. They know how to do it. They've got me completely figured out. Um, And instead I look at them and I start laughing and I say, we got this, we can do this. (laughs) And for me, it means, you know, I look back and I have this reflection time and and a, a little bit of planning. You know, it looks differently mm. for me this year. And each year I've learned from mistakes, you know, of what happens when I listen to the panic, what happens mm. when I let myself de- be depressed about like, I didn't get this done, I didn't get that done. Mm. I don't know if you're like me, Beck, but I could easily beat myself up for all the things that I didn't do that I said I was going to do, the things, the goals, the ideas, you know, and and the reality is that's not going to really help me beating myself up. So I don't let her play. I call, I'm saying her, like she's another person in me because it just, it doesn't serve me anymore. It takes practice for sure. This Mm -hmm. week I have three events, uh, well, events meaning I've got three nights booked with my teenagers, my son in particular, that leaves no time for like just being a normal human being around the house and getting groceries and all that stuff. So it kind of, you know, it's like, well, that that's just the way it works. And so I guess I'm trying to learn, I'm learning how to be a little more okay with how messy it sometimes looks. Yeah, it sounds like kind of going more with the flow of reality versus fighting and thinking, oh, I wish this could be a different way. I think it's really useful as we think about this kind of end of year, I don't know what it is, the... The end of year vibe, the end of year atmosphere. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of 
you know, expectations around holidays and around Christmas and that's tied up with family and families are often coming together and anxieties around that, the the closing of the year. I don't think it's unusual to have to experience kind of end of year blues. I sent you a note uh, just last week saying, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling that kind of little kick of anxiety when you think, oh no, it's coming to the end of the year and have I done what I'd hoped has, have things come together? Have I grown as much as I hoped I would? It's, it's funny what a hold this calendar has on us, like <laughs> New Year's resolutions, end of year, start of year, like we think it's this big, big line in the sand that we have to achieve by a certain date and then start out with these big ambitions for the next year. It's a lot. I like to do it a little differently now. I like to do more of a steady as she goes, you know, Mm -hmm. because I feel like for me, when I do these big like cutoffs, you know, and these big high expectations, and then these big drops of, okay, you know, relax, take weeks and weeks off. I'm not, I just, Mm. I don't find that I'm that kind of person that it's Mm -hmm. for me, it's better to do more of a steady approach. Can you change what happened in the last 10 months? Not really. It's done. Mm -hmm right? Mm -hmm. It's done. And it looks that way. I always think too, and again, this is just me, Beck, you might not feel this way, but I feel like the universe gives me what I'm actually ready for, as opposed Mm -hmm. to what I want. Sometimes I want something, I've got these big ideas, grandiose plans, and then I get a different version of that. And I'm like, I really look at it now instead of going, well, that didn't happen. I wanted this and I got this instead. Instead of doing (laughs) that, I look at it and go, maybe that's what I was just meant to do this time, you know? So I'm kind of going through a little more of appreciating what I have this year, Mm -hmm. appreciating how significant small growth changes can be for the long term. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting, that reflection process, because I think that's something I am honestly terrible at. I feel like I have a terrible memory just to start with. Like I can barely remember what I did last week. So when you have this idea of, you know, a whole year and what did I achieve this whole year? And I, like the first thing that, you know, the first thing I think is, well, nothing, nothing leaps to my mind. So, so that's it. <laughs> Meanwhile, we may have... discount the like 40 <laughs> episodes you did here. <laughs> exactly. That's it. So I think it, it probably helps. And, you know, one of my New Year's resolutions will no doubt be to keep a better note of things through the year because that helps. But even... um taking the time, you know, at the end, towards the end of the year, a lot of workbooks proliferate on the internet around kind of reflection and planning process and different kind of planners and things and and systems for that. Um, And I find when I do them, I often flip really quickly through the reflection process and just get onto the (laughs) making, making the plans. But I, I do think, I really do think it's useful to try and slow down and piece together and you know if you haven't kept a a detailed record of that kind of thing just piece together a bit little bit and go oh okay yeah like we started a whole podcast this year and and I and I did this and and you know look through my art journal look at what I where I started the year in terms of my ideas and where I am now and you know, look at what I've contributed to. It really doesn't come easily for me to do that, but I think it is a useful thing to try and slow down 
yeah. and have a, like you say, a bit of appreciation for what happened, even though it might not be as momentous and glorious in your mind as like saying, oh, I had a solo exhibition and I, you know, yeah. sold all these pieces of artwork. Maybe it's not that, but you can piece together and kind of appreciate the the areas of growth that you did have. Do you think yeah. that's worth? I think, I think the word appreciation is really my that's my angle on it all. You know, like mm. I have an appreciation for, I have an appreciation for things I've let go of. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that counting what we have and counting what we've left go, let go of is just as important. Again, I look at, you know, even the way I'm handling my teenager panic, what I call, yeah. it's like a thing, like king and going, okay, this year I'm kind of doing it a little bit differently. I'm appreciating that and seeing that as like, I get excited about little wins like that. That sounds a little silly, but I feel like it kind of keeps me from trashing myself so much. Yeah. And I think yep. the other thing that happens when we trash ourselves is that we don't see any hope as much for the future and we're not mm-hmm. allowing ourselves to see what those next steps are. And I mm-hmm. think that, um, again, trying to separate what's useful versus if I trash myself and I just sit in that stew, I just don't, I don't like that feeling anymore. So I just, yeah. I try to look at And like at you it. said, it's like you said before, it's not very useful. Yeah. Either. I like that. That's a very pragmatic view. You just not good or bad. It's just not useful. It's not, it's not useful. Helping me. Exactly. So I think we, we want to look at things like, well, what is useful? And I just find that gratitude and appreciation, as simple as that sounds, it's something that is very useful and it Mm -hmm. seems well what's the big deal but it just when I kind of can step into that and really you know appreciate things it just it works better for me gives me a little Mm. more something to kind of work from you know Mm -hmm. and I think if we look into why are we panicked in the first place is because we didn't get the stuff done that we wanted to do right we didn't feel like we've accomplished things that we made up, by the way, we made up <laughs> and we probably didn't even make them up in a really clear way. What yeah. did we actually say we really wanted in a very specific way? But I think if we can, yeah, step into a little more appreciation and then say, well, knowing that, what could I what could I do next? You know, that kind of helps plan um, for what comes next. And for me, yeah. it means really reflecting on what gives me energy what gives mm-hmm. me, you know, the things that light me up in my day. You know, I always say that, which I know is like a repeating theme on this podcast. But I just feel like when you can enjoy your day, I don't know, it kind of makes the world go around for me. It's like, make your day fun. And you do that enough. And you've you kind of like your life. And I like that it's a day at a time. It's not this take a, an entire year or a whatever the thing is and this kind of vast amount of time what also came up for me when you were talking you know when I was talking about appreciation at the beginning I was automatically focusing on oh let's not forget kind of the wins and the small wins that we had but as you were talking about appreciation I thought oh hey we can kind of appreciate our failures as well or things that didn't work out yeah and we can appreciate how we kept showing up 
Yeah. Anyway, like yeah. like we're still here. I'm yeah, still here. Exactly. I'm still talking about it, and I'm still I haven't like it's, collapsed like you say into that puddle in the corner of totally. the room. Totally. So, so absolutely that's worthy of something too. Uh, totally, and that's just, this is the part that I think we tend to overlook as humans. I don't know. Our brain is just wired to look for really obvious wins, but mm-hmm. to appreciate that you literally like we all do, we pick ourselves back up. I mean, if you're still listening to this podcast, you know, and and you're with Beck and I, you've picked yourself back up and you're at it again, you know, because Mm -hmm. that's why I think we all kind of connect through this podcast is because we're rallying for each other. And it takes a lot, like some days we feel defeated. But the fact that we're still here and we're still going, you know, I mean, especially in this past two years, like there was plenty of things that could have easily derailed us, right? With all mm-hmm. the all the world stuff that still kind of keeps coming. And yet being able to pick ourselves back up, mm. what's that worth? That's huge. I think it sounds so simple, like, oh, I just picked myself up. I'm going to be like, that is actually really huge. You know, I know so many people that give up. In fact, I was having a little moment with my son and we were talking about, you know, what makes great sports people. And then he's, of course, like, I want to be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, well, what makes a great entrepreneur? You got to push through when you don't feel like it. You got to go that extra mile. And when it is hard, you still have to keep going. That is the life lesson. Is that not like the biggest life lesson we have? Yeah. How, how is that to be not appreciated for its little, eh, I picked myself back up. <laughs> exactly. And I think seeing failures, and by the way, as I say this, I am in no way <laughs> saying that I'm great at this, but I can kind of see that if in our reflection of the year or, you know, the last three months, whatever it is, the last four weeks, whatever we do when we look back and we, we're kind of saying, okay, what can I um, feel appreciative of in terms of whether it's picking myself up, whether it's ticking something off my to-do list, whether it's taking steps towards a bigger goal, but also if we can possibly muster up some appreciation for the stuff that didn't work out and for the so-called failures knowing that that's giving us information. I'm thinking back now to when you were talking, Michelle, that's really stuck with me about that Mm 80-20, the the kind of like our best results, you know, comes from only 20% of of the overall effort. And so in the course of the year, you know, there might be the 80% that didn't work out. But if we can think about how we used that information to go on, to the next step that feels like something to really appreciate in some ways you kind of turned me around when you talked about you know how you kind of go into the studio looking for the failures because it shows you that you're testing a lot of things yeah. and that's going to give you the information to move forward with yes yes absolutely definitely appreciate the failures and in fact when I when I go into the studio and I don't have something that pushes me to that edge it for mm-hmm. me it feels a, a disappoint like I feel disappointed by it or sort of eh, you know I just feel like it's mm-hmm. an a, it's an average day when I can push myself and and really challenge those experiments especially in the studio well with anything really in life but especially in the studio where my best work has come from these risks and these mistakes 
And I mm-hmm. think the other thing, too, is not only appreciating those mistakes and that information we get from them, but also what we've become as part of that process. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. like yep. what kind of people we become when we get comfortable with failure, what kind of people we become when we become actually looking for those mistakes. What is that? What does that mean? That- that's growth. <laughs> that could be a great New Year's resolution if we were into making resolutions. Fail more. Yes. <laughs> and then you get to the end of 2023 and you're like, did I fail enough? Yes, <laughs> That's my reflection. Exactly. I mean, if you start looking for it like that, there's no scariness in it, you know, because mm. it's part of the it's part of the plan. And I don't know. I just, again, I think some of the best things happen when we can you know, fail and, and, and look at it and say, did I learn from that? Or do I want to keep that and move that forward? It's like yeah. picking a path. But yeah, I think that who we've become by learning how to fail is huge. It's huge, but that doesn't look good on paper. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if you write that down. It's, it's not easy to quantify maybe like, yeah. <laughs> how I've grown as a person in the last year. Let's have a moment to celebrate that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I think sometimes we look for like projects as if projects are proof Mm -hmm. of our accomplishments as opposed to this, you know, undefinable experience that we have as a human. That is so true. That is super true. We want to just tick off projects, but there's a lot of, of work that goes into like you say, there's more intangible growth and experiences. And I know that when we come back in January, we've already been talking about this, we're going to be uh, talking more about the future and talking more about what's coming up in the year for ourselves as artists and for the podcast. But I just wanted to take a minute to also right now, before we head off in December, to talk a little bit about um, what we do as artists in the intervening time. Mm-hmm. So between now and New Year's, when we all come back, <laughs> hopefully fresh, I don't know, <laughs> to face 2023, because you were talking about how there are a couple of different approaches. Do you take a big break and you just say, okay, it's going to be difficult for me to get to the studio, so instead I'm not going to put that pressure on myself. I'm just going to f- focus wholly on, you know, doing the holiday stuff, doing the family stuff, or how that works in terms of keeping in touch with our art? I have a lot of thoughts. Probably I'll just summarize it in this because I don't want to take the whole podcast episode to go into too much detail. But I think I look at it like this. Our art and our creative process is is either like a marathon or a sprint. And I Mm -hmm. think when you run it like a sprint, you have to take these big breaks, big break. You're just exhausted, wiped out knocked out. And for me, I don't really work well like that. I mean, I definitely still deadlines do drive me to kind of work fast. But I think when I look Mm -hmm. at my holistic art practice, I look at it more as kind of a marathon approach of staying steady in that way that, um, again, fuels me. So for me, and again, I think this is one of those things that is very personal for how each of us, you know, want Uh, to live our life. And some of us want to tune out everything. For me, art fuels me and feeds me. It makes me feel good. So it's not something that I really want to tune out. 
because it's mm-hmm. kind of like saying, well, eating healthy food, you know, makes me feel good. I think I'm going to just tune it out. I mean, I definitely tune that out over, <laughs> over the holidays. But in the sense of the studio, like I get a lot of joy from being in the studio. So I don't mm. necessarily um, always turn it up, you know, in the holiday season, as in like do extra studio hours and go yeah. nuts. But I think I always look at how I can incorporate a plan that will actually kind of give me a little safe haven, if you will. For me, Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, like you said, holidays do come with a lot of stress. There's a lot more socializing than I'm personally used to. I'm an introvert. And so I get kind of pushed to the edge socially with how many things happen where I need to pull back, be on my own. And the studio was a really great place to have a little sanctuary for that time so, so it can be like yeah. a little sanity a little sanity valve for your yeah. Little yeah respite right what's going on yeah so i think for me it may not look again in, in the hours in terms of the volume of the hours that i would mm. be you know during a normal season but i do look at it picking off little pieces that i can do in a way that kind of inspires me and keeps me in touch. I think the main thing that I find really useful, and this is true for all the way through for February, because January is summer in Australia, which for me as American has always been a bit of a challenge. I find that taking that big of a break feels like too big of a cliff for me of Mm. being too separate. I want to keep in touch. I want to have it be more of a a steady flow. So I look at it like, what can I do to stay in touch and stay connected with my art through that Mm. time, rather than completely shut it down like it's something that annoys me and I need to turn it off like a job. So that's partly because like we have had, gosh, I don't know of anyone, maybe they do exist out there. Let us know. Hit us up on Instagram. If you're someone who can not go into the studio for a whole month and then step back in and just feel great and just dive dive again because it can be like starting up the machinery after you've shut it down for a month. It can be quite difficult to get that engine rolling again, to get the ideas moving. And so if you know, like what you're saying, if you know that that can be a bit of a hard experience, it might not be something that you want to set yourself. If you know that you're going to have a really terrible I don't know, end of January or whenever it is that you kind of get back into the next year, um, you might decide, no, it's worth keeping just a little bit of ticking over, just keeping a little bit of something flowing, you know, a little bit of that creative flow happening. And I think one of the, it it really was shocking for me in the first um, few years of the studio where I would just, when the kids were on school holidays, you know, which was like mid-December through the end of January, my life was disrupted, which it still is. But I would, I would literally just put it all pack it all away for that long a time. And then I found when I would start back in in February, it was painful, like it took me a Mm. month to kind of like you said, wind up the machine again, remember why I was doing what I was doing. In fact, that's why this my creative framework was built for me suffering from summer Mm -hmm. holidays, literally. It was like, okay, where am I at again? What am I doing? So for me, even though I 
if that if I do have a break, you know, say I'm taking a week or two where we're off, you know, at the beach or something, then I will get into it. And uh, and so I kind of go to my framework literally and do the things and jump through the hoops again in terms mm-hmm. of refamiliarizing mm-hmm. myself with myself again. Like, oh, yeah, this is what I like. This is what I'm about. And so that's there for that reason. But now what I find is if I can just stay in touch with it throughout the summer, even if it's, you know, an hour a week, it's easier for me to keep the machine running. Because in February, I mean, I already have a gallery who sent me a list of everything, you know, here's the schedule for next year. Like there's plans that people have. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think for me to... um, keep up with what I really want to do as well. Like I kind of have to figure out how to work around it and it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. I'm going to do everything, but there's a way that I can say, well, this could be a good time that I could have some fun in the studio. And again, I don't look at it more. I don't look at it like a job. I look at it more like I'm going to have some fun in the studio. I'm going to have a play and I can do it by myself and I don't have to be around anyone else during the holidays. Oh, oh, my family—they know me well. <laughs> if they're listening, I do. I love you all, but you know, I love being on my own. I love you, but I love to be away from you too. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And they kind of like it when I get to do that because I think, again, one of the things that I've noticed about my own self is that the more I can make myself happy from an yeah. internal place, just the better person I am as a you know, spouse, mother, friend, it just works better. So I think everybody appreciates it when I have studio time. It's not just for me. They're like, maybe you need some studio time. (laughs) You know, go have your studio time. We're all gonna um, relax on the couch and watch a movie (laughs) or something. And you go to the studio. That's it. So I think, again, just, you know, the people who love you, they already know you, you know, and if you're Mm -hmm. like me, you sneaking off to the studio it's going to make them happy too. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of all we have time for, for this episode. And I'm funnily just feeling a little bit sad that we're not going to be recording the episode for a few weeks, but I know it's really good to take a break. I'm just so enjoy chatting with you every week this year so far well for 45 weeks yes (laughs) it's been a big big blast and I think that for us it's just been such a reward to have listeners who really appreciate us as our honest Mm -hmm. selves as well so I just want to say thank you to our listeners for hanging in there with us and we really appreciate you just as much as we know that you've expressed that you love listening to our episodes while you're actually in the studio and doing your thing. So we love that we're your studio mates as well. So, and I do, Beck and I do feel like if we take a break, like it's like we haven't talked in ages, you know, because we've gotten into a routine now and it's, it's, it's really fun for us. So we really do look forward to coming back next year in you know at a deeper level and just as a side note too when we started this podcast what was it, a year and a half ago back we attempted we recorded three episodes like a year and a half ago and we didn't release those like they just weren't working for us and just mm-hmm. like in you know in our art and stuff we really kind of go through this process of evolution and i think mm-hmm. it took us a little while to come to the podcast platform even though our d- ideas were there 
And we can't wait for next year to kind of take it to that next level of evolving and revealing a little more of ourselves. Yeah, we're really looking forward to having a breakthrough, like we talk about in our art, to have a breakthrough in in this podcast, which is another type of expression. And yeah, doing it with all you lovely listeners. And um, it's kind of fitting, as we said, this is episode 45. So that's sort of our first, our 2022 season, 45 episodes. We're just about to pass 15,000 downloads. Yeah. So we're really appreciative of that. And it's certainly something worth reflecting on and celebrating. And we hope to have even more to celebrate yes. next year. And Beck, you, you were such a good podcast partner. I can't imagine having a laugh with anyone else. In fact, I say that if you're listening all the way to this end, you should give them some bloopers, some outtakes of us just <laughs> laughing our head off because we have a really good time. She makes me laugh so hard. Sometimes I have tears running down my face. So it's oh, been yeah, so yeah, much fun. Just a- <laughs> of all the if you looked at the amount of hours that we have in terms of recorded podcasts and then maybe we could do an estimate of the amount of hours I have of just us laughing yeah it's a good time and it's been great Michelle thank you it's been absolutely amazing thank you Beck <laughs> see you next year yes <laughs> okay before we go today and Actually, let me rethink how I'm going to say that. Okay. Ready? All right. So check out the show notes and go look for the link that says the artist breakthrough blueprint. Cool. I'm just like, <laughs> I just need to say it casually. Yeah. Should I try casual. one more time? Oh, I thought that was okay. 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 But you can have another go if you want to. Okay. It probably won't go better. <laughs> I feel like it. Okay. Tell you what. <laughs> I don't think it's going to get any it's better. It's not going to get fine. any better. No, I, I figure in two years, I should be pretty good. I think I'll get two years two from years. now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be okay. good then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> oh, 